feel the same old holes inside There's a better love for Jesus Your guidance is now one of above Hallelujah, like the glory Hallelujah, amen Hallelujah, like the glory Revive us again Well, actually quite a few this morning, but I also have uh, a couple of uh, thank you cards that I want to read, and then I also got to make an apology. Uh, Nanny, who's been here the last, this is three weeks in a row, and we're so glad that she's just been doing so well and been here. They, she, yeah, amen. She put a card up here, and I missed it somehow. So she wrote a card Wanted you to know how thankful she was for all of y'all praying her, and I lost it. So it's all my fault. I'm not sure what you're going to do to me about it, but just make it, you know, easy, Barry. Easy, Barry. He's very excited about some sort of retribution on me. But anyway, but uh, it has been so good to see Nanny here, and we just thank the Lord. And isn't it great to be a part of a church where you know your church is praying for you? And that is a blessing, and we're thankful for that all the time, and uh, we do. We appreciate those prayers. They mean the world, and it's amazing. Me and Andrea know firsthand how much they mean uh, when we were in Honduras for those year or for that time, and all that was going on, we would be getting low, and it would be like, man, if it wasn't for our church praying, we knew we couldn't get through that, and uh, we thank the Lord for it. So I've got uh, some other prayer, uh, thank you cards, but Nanny wants to make sure that you know how much it meant to her that you prayed for her, and we're thankful that she's here. And then I've got some other ones here as well I want to read. This one says, uh, and it's from Trent Saner. It says, your thoughtfulness may, means a lot to us, more than we can say, and our warm appreciation comes with this thank you note today. Marty and I want to thank you, our church family, 
for all the prayers, thoughts, and love throughout the past year and a half. They meant uh, a lot to us. I want to thank all of you for being understanding and helping me through this time. Thank you for Mike for the service. Thank you for the choir and for the small group for the singing of Marty's songs. Thank you for Dan for collecting the music and playing it during the viewing. Thank you for Derek for keeping us from buying ice. There you go. Those of us that were there know what that's about. Make sure you spend time and appreciate your loved ones while they are with you. God bless you all. Trent Saner. And we're praying for Trent. We love him and are just praying that the Lord will keep, uh, keep comforting him. Amen. And so it's good to see Trent here today as well. And then I have a stack of thank you cards here. Okay. See all these? I'm only going to read one of them. These are all from missionaries and pastors who were with us during Jubilee. Amen. And so I've got one that I'm going to read and then we're going to put the rest of these out there at the information desk. And if you would like to pick some of them up and read them, you're more than welcome to do that one. Do that. But this says, Pastor Moore and church family, thank you for your hospitality and for hosting the GPA camp meeting. Thank you for the invitation and for all you did to make our stay wonderful. From the meals to the preaching to the fellowship, it was all a great encouragement. Saved to serve the Perlock family. And if you met Jason Perlock, a great missionary who's got a great wilderness camp in West Virginia, and they see lots of young men and uh, young people come through that camp uh, receiving Christ as their Savior. A lot of kids who are in a lot of bad spots come to them, and uh, it's a great ministry that he has. That's the tip of the iceberg. All of the men and all of the ministries and and women as well that were represented during camp meeting. If we had to go through it all, it would be impossible. And we thank the Lord that we could be a part of so many of those ministries. And if you want to read more of those thank you cards, they'll be on the information desk. All right. Now for our announcements, okay? So let's remember this. Tonight, choir practice at 6 o'clock. Choir, remember that. There's a deacons meeting tonight at 6 o'clock. That also means that there will be a business meeting on Wednesday night. And this is an important business meeting. We have two deacons who have been under review for the last year. That's Jason Duval and Eric Beamer. And uh, that year is up. And we will be voting on those deacons on Wednesday night in that business meeting. So we want to make you very aware of that uh, and remember that. So don't forget that deacons meeting tonight at 6 business meeting at seven o'clock on Wednesday night. Youth group and discovery club Tuesday night, 6.30 to 8.30. Don't forget our men's fall conference on October the 14th at three o'clock. There are flyers at the information desk where you can get more information about that. The ladies fall retreat, all ladies going on the trip need to be at church before 7 a.m. on Friday, October the 13th as the bus will be leaving promptly at 7 a.m. So don't make sure you've got all that info as well. There'll be a WMU meeting on October the 15th at 6 o'clock, so remember that. Young Adults Bible Study, Saturday, October the 21st at 7 o'clock, so don't forget that. And then our Harvest Fest and Trunk or Treat, which is Saturday, October the 28th, starts at noon until 3 o'clock. 
So don't forget about that. We'll have hay rides, caramel apples, hot dogs for the, the youth group will be selling there. Trunk or treat, if you can decorate and, and help and pass out candy, all different ways that you can help. Make sure that you sign up at the information desk. And then this is written in red in capital letters in the bulletin, right? We are now accepting candy donations, all right? So unleash the candy, all right? Bring it in. Make sure April and uh, Becky or Shannon or Allison, you can give it to any of those people, all right? Don't give it to the preacher. He'll eat it. It'll just be gone, all right? So make sure you give it to them, and, uh, and we'll make sure that we get that. We need lots and lots of candy. Please, I can't overemphasize this. Are you getting it? We need lots of candy. One year, I had to make a bunch of runs to Dollar General to buy more candy. I don't want to have to do that, okay? So bring lots of candy. All right. Sufficiently announced, right? What are you going to bring? Sweet. There we go. Dollar Dog Night, Sunday, October the 29th. It's a youth Sunday. We'll have Dollar Dog Night following that youth Sunday. And all of those monetary donations will help us next year to go to Arise. And we want to thank the church for its giving for our youth programs. Uh, they are meaningful. They are helpful. Uh, but it is. It, it takes money to make all of those things happen. But everybody enjoys getting a hot dog, right? And all of that good stuff, it's a great time of fellowship. And then, Saturday, November the 11th, that is our annual WMU Thanksgiving banquet and auction at 5.30 in the fellowship hall. Please be thinking about homemade and handmade crafts and baked goods to donate for the auction. We always have a great time at that. And we praise the Lord for it. All right, at this time, we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Is when? This Friday. Paint class on this coming up Friday. If you'd like more information, you can see Virginia Scaife about that. All right. Amen. I'm going to ask Willie if he would to ask the blessing on the offering. Everybody stand.
seated. I know we sing these songs. Uh, we sing these songs to the point to where we sing them and we don't even really think about what we're singing or what we're actually saying. Um, but that second verse, I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within there at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Man, we should be giving him all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for what he has done for us and how he saved us from our sin because it is that sin that is the barrier between us and God. But so often we get too comfortable with that sin. We treat it like a pet and we get it all close to us and, and we're comfortable with it. We don't want anybody to talk about it because that's our pet. Why do you, why do you let your dog on your couch? Don't talk about my pet. Why do, you go to the, why do you go do this at night and do that at night? Don't talk about my sin. That's how we are. We treat it like a pet. We get comfortable with it. All along, it keeps us from having the right relationship with God and living in true victory through Jesus Christ. And I'm just so thankful that he had mercy on me because if it was up to me, I made mistake after mistake. I, I tried my hardest, it seemed anyway, just to do the opposite of what God wanted. But God, who was rich in mercy, man, saw fit to give me opportunity after opportunity, chance after chance, that I could be forgiven from my sin and be made new with him. And I pray today that if you don't know him today, that you will come to know him. And if you've got something in your life, a stronghold in your life that's keeping you from God, you know what? Maybe the problem is that it's just, maybe it's just not been important to you to be close to God. I pray for you today. I pray for you today because without God, I don't even know how people walk through this life day in and day out without him. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe you just don't realize, maybe you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and everything that he has. And you're just missing out on all the goodness of God. Man, today, if you know Jesus as your savior and he's forgiven you of your sin, we should worship him today and thank him. And if you've never met him, never given your life to him, you could have life today like you've never even imagined. This song I heard this morning come across whatever we were playing or whatever I was playing and I just want to sing it today called The Mercy of God. Hey, let's worship our Savior today. He's worthy. Say 
same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you've got a day He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom or saving He's a prison shaking Savior If you've got chains He's a chain breaker We've all searched for light of day in the dead of night We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight We've all run to things we know that just ain't right There's a better life There's a better life Surrounded by the darkness 
don't know. It's just been ringing in my heart. Uh, it's thank you, Lord. You know, I know it's all cliche. It's all that stuff. We need to praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you know what? Sometimes it really is just those little simple things in life that we need to just stop every once in a while. Just praise the Lord. And he's just so amazingly good to us. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world, all that kind of stuff. But where we sit, the vantage point that we take, the simple fact that we hear the gospel, that we're encouraged with the word of God, that we have a church family that loves us and cares for us, all given to us by the fact that God sent his son Jesus Christ so that we could be forgiven. And I know, I think about this all the time, if it wasn't for Christ, if it wasn't for the gospel, there's no way I would be right where I'm at right now. There's no way. So this morning I just want to simply kind of close out, I guess, with the choir part of this. Let's just say thank you, Lord, and worship
that chorus together. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for making me whole, saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing it one more time. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for making me whole, saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Yes, I will need that. All right, so uh, I'm going to do something here real quick. Uh, this will probably be the last service that uh, Fernando uh, gets to be with us, and uh, we've uh, in this in the services here because he's going to be booked uh, speaking in other churches for the rest of his time here. Uh, and uh, we have certainly enjoyed having him in the services and having him in our home. Now, if you don't know who Fernando is, he's the stepson of uh, Arvel Smith. And if you don't know who Arville Smith is, uh, well, you just need to ask anybody that's been around for a long time. So uh, Arville is our missionary uh, in Honduras, uh, in Comiagua. We've been there many, many times. Uh, he is the one uh, who helped in a very, very big way to facilitate uh, bringing Junior uh, to the States. And uh, so there's a, just an awful lot uh, of history with Arville. Arville goes all the way back probably 45 years, uh, friends with dad, uh, and, uh, and just a wonderful missionary. Uh, but Arville is in his 80s, and uh, I, I, he was in his 80s 20 years ago. <laughs> he, he was. And he's still in his 80s, uh, but he's really in his 80s now. And, uh, and so uh, the Lord uh, had laid it on his heart. Uh, Fernando's been doing an awful lot of the preaching in the church there. Uh, he's been working in the school. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's been preaching in Honduras from our family room. <laughs> we hear him preaching down there, and he's doing it uh, live streaming uh, so that the folks that uh, he has uh, down there in Honduras can hear him preach. And, uh, and so we just appreciate so very much his ministry. And so Fernando is slowly but surely taking over the work in the ministry uh, that Arville has had these many, many, many years in Comiagua. And so I'm going to let him come around and uh, take about uh, eight or ten minutes and tell you a little bit about his ministry ministry and his work uh, and uh, and then after that we're going to take up an offering for him and we, then we want you to be praying for him he needs to raise his support just like any other missionary if he's going to do the work there uh, he's going to have to raise his support to do that so we want you to remember that brother Fernando you come right on around 
Good morning. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to talk about what that things is going on down there in Honduras. So, as many many of you you already know the ministry, I'm not new new one um, here in this beautiful church. I'm not new on the ministry, but I'm new learning a lot. I love to learn. I'm learning every single day, and that I just want to do is to serve the Lord. This is my life now. So I am, this is the thing that's what I do. Let me put the time. I'm, I'm being assistant pastor since 2017. I have that privilege that I, I think personally is a privilege, it's a blessing for me. It is the way that the Lord, he's working through my life to gain others to, to be at the feet of the Lord. So I'm um, also serve at the Victor Baptist School as a headmaster. I'm not a teacher, uh, you know, I'm a substitute teacher. So I can reach kids and the teenagers to bring into the church, to bring into the feet of the Lord, to, to tell there is hope in Jesus. So uh, in, in this month, I am a missionary on deputation, as you know. And our, my focus goals is to encourage our actual church members to be faithful to the Lord so we can revitalize the church. After COVID, the church, uh, the church assistants went a little down. So uh, I think that we are recovering from that, but it's uh, still a lot of work to do. So that is what I need your prayers so we can, uh, change that in a better way so we can uh, have this fellowship, all of these ministries, the outreach programs that we are planning to have so we can serve better in our community. Other goal that I'm, I'm working on is um, to help our students and staff at Victory Baptist School understand that they can find hope in Christ if they accept him as their personal savior. Many of our students, they are home churches, but many of those churches are not fundamental. Many of those churches are charismatic churches. So we need to um, approach them in a, in a way that he, they can understand the real gospel the real, the, the only truth, there is only one truth, but they need to know the truth. So we are being, uh, working on that. So this is my, uh, my intention to present that uh, prayer request so we can, we can improve in our ministry. I wanna share just um, passages of the scripture that encourage me all the time. I know who have I believed in. Second Timothy 1.12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am believer. I want others to believe the gospel. We need more. We have a lot of needs in our area in Comayagua, Honduras. We need the gospel. We need to know, we need to reach others to 
also know as I do, as we do, that there is gospel in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. The result is from the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. I'm just a working, I'm just a laborer. I'm gonna serve in that way that the Lord King uses me. I want to be useful. I don't want to be useless. I want to be useful for the glory of God. And there is a, a verse that encourages me all the time. It's one of my, verse, uh, my favorite verses. First Corinthians 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There is, there, there is a, a power in this passage of the scripture because sometimes we need encouraged. We need to be encouraged. There is the, the verse that encouraged me. The labor is not in vain. In vain. It's not in vain. Thank you for the opportunity. I praise the Lord in, uh, in Spanish, you know. I, I preach in Spanish. I preach now in English. What is a very a blessing for me is, is difficult for me. So I think it's a, a blessing to be able to communicate to other Christians in other languages. Because God created all, all the languages. So praise the Lord for that. Thank you. And God bless you. Amen. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. We're going to take up an offering for uh, Brother Fernando. Now, didn't you think he did good in English? Okay, so when I first met Fernando, it was many, many years ago, probably 18 years ago, I met Fernando. He didn't speak a word of English. So I have taught him everything he knows. <laughs> so it speaks well of him and me. I'm a great teacher. No, actually, he uh, did not learn English from me. But anyway, he's doing very well with it. I'm going to ask Kurt if he would to ask God's blessing on the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We just thank you for uh, this missionary, Lord, and the work that he's doing. Father, yes, I pray yes, you pray with Brother Lord. Fernando, God, and just bless him, Lord. And Lord, as he uh, goes around deputation, God, I pray that you would uh, just allow churches to support him, God, and that you would send him back to Honduras, Father, and that he would uh, be able to be able to continue the work there that Brother Arbel has so faithfully completed for so many years, Father. We just thank you for this offering. And, um, pray, Lord, that you bless the gift and the giver alike. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's 228. 228, Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come, follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling lead us to thee. Footprints of Jesus that makes the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where there they go last verse 
Then at last went on high, he sees us, our journey done. We will rest where the steps of Jesus sit at his throne. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus there they go. Amen. You may be seated. So somebody tell Christine out there that uh, I am going to uh, add to the offering. I didn't have my checkbook up here, and uh, so uh, I am going to add to the offering. I'm not going to tell you how much because, uh, uh, well, I guess I could, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I will say that, uh, but I am going to add to the offers. If you have your, uh, if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number uh, 51. Isaiah chapter number 51. We're still in the book of Isaiah, uh, and uh, it's it's still a great blessing to me studying the book of Isaiah. I don't know if you're uh, uh, ready to be done with it or not, but I'm not. Uh, we don't have too much further to go in the book of Isaiah, though. And I do want to mention this. I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I, I am already uh, very well into the planning uh, of, our, uh, of the sermons that I might be preaching during the Christmas season. And, of course, I always take uh, November and preach a uh, theme uh, concerning um, Thanksgiving. And I'll do that again this year. Okay, are we on? All right, so uh, we, uh, I'll be doing that again this year, uh, preaching uh, uh, on a Thanksgiving theme during the month of November, and then I'll always preach Christmas theme uh, during the month of December, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, and one of the things we're going to be doing this year, I never did this before, and as a matter of fact, I was a little bit hesitant to do it, uh, but after praying about it a little bit and Taking it through, I finally decided uh, that yeah, I'm going to preach. Uh, I'm going to preach about this Christmas about Mary's role, Mary the mother of Jesus, uh, during Christmas. Now we're not uh, we're not promoting praying to Mary or uh, anything like that. But what we are talking about uh, is her role during the Christmas season. And uh, I, when I first started to study it. Uh, I thought, well, you know, uh, I know a lot of people don't, they kind of shy away from that be, because of the Catholic influence and all. Uh, but the more I studied it, the more I realized that we're probably missing a lot as Baptists uh, because we're so afraid of the topic. Uh, but there's a lot of beautiful things in the Christmas story relating uh, to Mary, the mother of Christ. So we'll be doing that during Christmas, and uh, you'll just have to wait and see what we do in the month of November uh, so uh, we're not, I'm not going to get into that. So if you have your Bible and you have found uh, Isaiah 51, we're going to read verses 4 to 7, beginning at verse number 4, and we're going to read down to verse number 7, and then we'll bring the message that the Lord has laid on our heart for today. So if you'll stand with us, please, in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near, 
my salvation has gone forth, and mine arms shall judge the people, the isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arms shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look unto the earth beneath, for the, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner, but my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through the pages of your word. Lord, we pray you would uh, show us truth that is eternal and that might make a difference in our life as we walk with you day by day. We pray it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. I, I decided to wait until sort of the opening of my message before I mentioned anything about this this morning. I do very, very much appreciate Delmer mentioning it, mentioning it in his prayer earlier. We do pray for the peace of Jerusalem because that is exactly what the Bible tells us to do. And so we are praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, I don't know uh, how much of what's going on over there you are aware of, uh, but I do know uh, that this is a very, very extensive conflict that's going on. Uh, the Prime Minister of Israel uh, literally declared war uh, yesterday morning uh, on, uh, uh, on Hamas because they had, by their actions, uh, waged war uh, against Israel. I, do, I also got a couple of emails from people who uh, are living in Israel, and uh, one, one lady said that uh, she lives in Jerusalem, and she said that there are Muslim protests in the streets of Jerusalem against the government uh, of, uh, of Israel uh, and that there have been a number of incidents in Jerusalem that we may never hear about from the news media but they are going on. Uh, it's not just Tel Aviv that's being bombed in the Gaza Strip. Uh, uh, even in Jerusalem they're uh, experiencing a lot of turmoil and difficulty. Every time something happens in, in Israel and in Jerusalem we sort of turn our eyes to the sky as believers because we know, we know that this is God's chosen people. Now you say, well, many of them have not chosen Christ. They've not chosen the Lord, but God still chose them. And regardless of the number of Jews who are not saved in the land of Israel, Many of the Jews in Israel are saved, and uh, you might not be aware of that, uh, but a very, very good friend of mine, uh, 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 Jamie Caldwell, uh, has for the not last number of years been working with the Christian churches uh, in Israel, uh, and he goes over at least once a year and spends time encouraging and working with the Jewish Christians uh, in Israel, and so that's been going on for a very long time. He's pastor down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, but that's part of their ministry is to reach out uh, to the Christians in, uh, in Israel, the Jewish Christians there, and that's, uh, that's a great encouragement. Uh, but what I would say is that this seems to be different from the things that we've seen in our lifetime before, 
regarding the uh, nation of Israel. Uh, this has a whole lot, this looks a whole lot more like uh, the earliest days of the Jewish state than it does the infatadas and the other uprisings that have ha they've had. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the power of God to be demonstrated. Pray, uh, I, I would say, let's join the Apostle John as he prayed. You know what he prayed. Even so, Lord, come quickly. <laughs> uh, maybe this is it. Uh, maybe not. Maybe another hundred years, but uh, it could be it. Lift up your eyes. Your redemption draweth nigh. Our Lord's coming, and uh, we need not fear. He's got everything under control. He can take care of it. All right, let's look at just a couple of things. We don't have much time this morning, and so I just want to uh, hit a couple of high points this morning. Uh, but I want you to, uh, we, we, we started a message a little while ago uh, out of this passage of Scripture, and we entitled it, Are You Listening? Uh, and we took note of the fact that three times in these opening verses of uh, chapter 51, the phrase, hearken to me, is given. These are the words of the Lord, and he's saying to the nation of Israel, hearken unto me, listen to me, or are you listening to what I'm saying? He said this over and over uh, throughout the book of Isaiah and many other places as well. There's nothing in chapter number 51 that is brand new. Now, let me just say something to you. When you get to chapter number 53, just two more chapters over, you're going to find that there's an awful lot that's brand new. He's going to reveal some things about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that was previously unrevealed in the Old Testament up to that point. Now, I tell you, I just love those kind of prophecies, and, uh, and I love to see the, uh, that. But in Isaiah chapter number 51, he's not saying anything that he hasn't said before. He's saying things that have been said over and over again. And so he's saying to them, you need to listen to what I'm saying. Are you paying attention? Uh, you know, uh, it reminds me of the old joke. I don't, maybe you've heard it, maybe not. But uh, a lawyer, we uh, <laughs> get this, it's always funny. A lawyer and a doctor and a preacher went deer hunting. This is deer, deer hunting's right, right here, you know, right now. We're getting ready for it. And uh, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, 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 a doctor uh, and a lawyer and a, a preacher went deer hunting. And they had bad luck all day. They, never, they didn't see a thing. Finally, at the end of the day, the three of them got back together. They're walking back to the truck. And just as, just as they're about to get out of the field uh, and onto the road, this huge buck just walks right out. About, you know, 45, 50 yards from them. There he is. And, you know, big old buck. All three of them, they got their rifles on their shoulder and they fired in unison. All three of them, bam. And that big old buck, man, boom, right to the ground. And so the preacher said, that's mine, it's mine, I got him, I got him, he's mine. And so the lawyer said, now wait a, wait a minute. We all three fired at the same time. How do you know that? I know it's mine, I know it's mine. Oh, he said, i tell you what, let me go, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, I know, you know, I'll go down there and take a look, see if, if it's mine. So he went down there and he took a look and he come back and he said, well, you know, I really, I, it's hard to tell. I, I can't really tell what's going on. He's dead, but I, I, I just, I can't even find, I can't even find where the bullet went in. 
Uh, and so the preacher ran down there and he came back. He said, it's mine, it's mine, I know it's mine. And the doctor said, you know what, I'll go examine the deer. And surely we can make a determination. So he went down there and examined the deer and he came back and he said, it's the preacher's deer. And the lawyer said, what do you mean? And he said, I, the preacher said, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And the lawyer said, what do you mean? How do you know it's his deer? He said, because the bullet went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> have, you, have you ever felt like you were talking to somebody and it was just going in one ear and out the other? I mean, you know, that they're not paying any attention to you. They're not listening to what you're saying. It's just, you know... I think that's kind of the way the Lord felt when he was talking to Israel. He's been telling them and telling them, and it's like they just can't get it. They, 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 they're just not listening. They're not paying any attention. He says, hearken unto me, my people, give ear. This is verse 4. O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. The judgment of God, he's telling them, is sure. I, my judgment is coming. We are living in a world today that has made up their mind, and I'm telling you, not just, uh, not just unbelievers, but a lot of believers, have. they live like they don't believe there's ever gonna be a judgment, or at least they claim to be believers. There is, listen, if you're born into the family of God, you need to look different than the world. Amen? Amen? And we've lost that. We have absolutely lost that as a Christian people. Now, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to judge fashion and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and those kinds of things. That's, that's not my job. I, I, don't, I don't have anything to do with that. But I will tell you this. If you, if you, can, walk in, if you can walk into a biker bar and you look just like the rest of them, there might be something wrong. Amen. I mean, if, if, if you can, listen, if you can drink the Presbyterian under the table, there may be something wrong. Amen. Listen, we need to be different than the world. You say, well, preacher, you don't, you're not one of them preachers that believes that we ought not to partake of alcohol. You better believe I am. The, the word of God has not changed. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is ranged. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You notice the word that he uses there, deceived. Deceived. You're, what are you doing? You're kidding yourself that it's okay. You're, you're kidding yourself. You're, you're, you're deceived that it's, it's going to be all right. It doesn't matter. I mean, after all, everybody else is doing it. Uh, yeah, I know. Everybody else is doing it. That never made it right before, it's not going to make it right now. Amen? Now, what am I saying? What am I, I'm saying that the reason a lot of Christians live so much like the world is because they have lost the concept of judgment. They've lost. Now, if you're really saved, you're not going to hell. I mean, I... I, I I, I believe in whosoever will. We're going to talk about that in just a minute because I'm not going to preach long at all. I'm going to skip most of my sermon. But let me just say this. If you are truly born into the family of God, uh, you can wander back in the world. You can get backslid, but you can't get lost. It, once, once you're truly, genuinely born into the family of God, you're, you're going to go to heaven. But the Bible says you might get to heaven and every work you ever did will be burned up before your very eyes. 
every activity, every energy you expended, all of your talent, all of your years of work and labor, and it's all going to be burned up in a moment. It's only what we do for the cause of Christ that's going to make a difference. That's the only thing that will, that will stand the test of the fire. Everything else gets burned up. I think about it sometimes. I, most of you know, I, a few years ago, my wife bought me a, the best Christmas present I ever got in my whole life. She bought me a red convertible Mustang. It is glorious. And it's the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. We're still paying for it. Amen. <laughs> but it is a, or she's still paying for it. It is a beautiful gift. I love it. But you know, it's, I think about this sometimes. It's nothing. I mean, I really like it, and I love to drive it. And I can tell you how fast it goes. Don't, don't tell anybody else, but, but I will tell you this. It's really nothing. Really nothing. All those beautiful clothes you purchase, ladies, all of those shoes. <laughs> I wonder how many ladies have less than 50 pair of shoes. You know, don't raise your hand. If you have less than 50 pairs of shoes, you're, you're in the minority, okay? <laughs> of course, you know, how many ball games do the men watch over the weekend? <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you how many I watched over this past weekend. I'm not even going to go there. We are very connected with this world. And he's telling us, judgment is coming whether you like it or not. And even if you're born into the family of God and you can't get lost again, you can still see your works burn up and have nothing to offer the Lord Jesus Christ in the day of judgment. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to have at least one crown? Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have at least one thing to lay at Jesus' feet? Hey, unbeliever, wouldn't you like to be born into the family of God? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you at least like to be saved and not have to spend eternity in hell? That's what he's talking about here. Now, I'm going to hurry along because it's already past time. But I want you to notice something that he says in verse number 5. He says, in verse number 5, we're going to read the whole verse, and then I'm going to point a couple of things out. There's so much other that's here, but we just don't have time for it. He says in verse 5, My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and mine arms shall judge the people. And we just talked about the fact that his judgment is sure, and it's coming. He says, The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. And then he says in verse 6, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner, but my salvation shall be forever. My salvation, he says in verse 5, has gone forth. My salvation has gone forth. If you're not saved this morning, it is not God's fault. Amen. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. It's not God's fault you're not saved. He paid for all sin. He, and let me tell you something. Uh, I, am, I am truly a whosoever will preacher. Okay? 
I, I, I believe, listen, I don't believe that God's going to ever under any circumstance turn away anyone who comes with a sincerity of heart to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in him. If you come believing in Christ, he will not turn you away. I believe that with all my soul. I do. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit deals with hearts, and I believe he draws people to himself. But if you come at God, you're not going to go to hell on a technicality. It's not going to happen. If you long and yearn to be saved by the grace of God, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross and shed his precious blood for your forgiveness and rose again the third day to give you power and victory over death, hell, and the grave, then I'm telling you, Jesus Christ has already promised. God the Father has already said that if you'll come that way, he will accept you. He will give you salvation. He will. You're here this morning and you're lost and you go to hell, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. And let me tell you something else. And, and I, I mean this. And I, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't mean to unduly brag on Nottingham, but let me tell you something. I don't believe it's this church's fault either. Amen? If you die without Jesus Christ, we've been preaching the gospel here. Since a long time before I ever got here, the gospel's been preached from this pulpit. Amen? I, as a matter of fact, I, 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 I kind of did a little survey not long ago. I heard Delmer preach from this pulpit. I heard Daryl preach from this pulpit. I heard Harry preach from this pulpit. I heard Derek preach from this pulpit. Uh, and you know what? Every one of them included the gospel. Every one of them included the gospel. You know why? Because we have all come to believe that we ought to be a gospel preaching church. Now, that doesn't mean that the gospel was the thrust of every message and that's all that it was, but it was included in the message. At some point or other, it was included. So if you die without Jesus Christ, you can't blame God and you can't blame this church. You might, if it's a stretch, you might say, well, I could blame the devil. Well, he sure brought sin into the world, but ultimately, it's your choice. If you die without Christ, it's your fault. Jesus has been preached. Christ has been raised up. The cross of Calvary has been made much of in this place. And we have pled with you and wept over your soul and asked God to move upon you. I'm telling you, if you die without Jesus, you got nobody to blame but yourself. And he says, my salvation's gone forth. It's gone out. There's preachers and there's, uh, and, and there's tracts and there's pamphlets and there's gospel programs. It's out there, folks. It's out there. If you want it, you can reach out and take it. As a matter of fact, we're going to close with this passage of Scripture. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. We're telling you, reach out and take salvation. Christ has it. He has it for you, specifically for you this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to bring the message. Someone here today needs Jesus. We know it. We know it. In a crowd this size, 
there's somebody battling with their salvation right this moment. Maybe they made a profession in the past and it was not genuine. And Lord, they've been struggling with this for a long time. And I really need to make sure, I really need to make this right. Lord, may they not put it off another day. Perhaps they just heard the gospel for the first time clearly today. Maybe they're visiting with us and they're, they're, they're just now hearing it. And Lord, they, their heart is strangely moved. And Lord, they, they, they seem to be moved towards something that they don't fully understand. Lord, may they walk the aisle today and let someone show them with the Bible how they can be saved. Or perhaps they're lost and been lost for a while and known it but never made it clear, never, never walked the aisle, never trusted Jesus. May today be their day. May this be the hour that Paul talks about. Today is the day. Today is the hour of salvation. Lord, may this be their moment to come to Jesus. We pray it all in his precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand together. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. Sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that. No.